a new passion built in me, and that was to guide others through grief because there's a lot of misinformation out there about how we move through grief. Talking with people about how to have a great retirement. This is the Rock Your Retirement Show. We don't talk about money, but we talk about almost everything else you need to rock your retirement. Now, here's your host, Kathy Klein. Welcome to Rock Your Retirement. This is where we talk about retirement lifestyle, not money. And I have a great guest on my show today. Her name is Natalia Bowles, and she is a grief counselor. And I'm going to let her tell you her story. So, Natalia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so glad that you are here. You actually founded an organization called Passing Through Grief, right? Correct. Yeah. So tell me about that. About six years ago, my husband passed away after struggling with pancreatic cancer for 19 months. Mm. And it was unusual. I was He was 48, and um, so it was younger than most people who have to face that. And I was really thought I had a handle on how I would move forward in my life. I knew that I would grieve. And I kind of gave myself one year to grieve and thought that I would then find my way forward. And what happened was after the year I was still struggling, maybe even the second year felt harder because by that point I was really hiding my pain, thinking that I was doing something wrong. And so how I found it passing through grief was after a couple of years of really working hard to find my way through my grief, I did. And a new passion built in me, and that was to guide others through grief, because there's a lot of misinformation out there about how we move through grief. And so people who have a loss often isolate and struggle and blame themselves for the pain they're feeling. And it's actually that they have a lot of misinformation about how to heal. So do you care to share like one piece of misinformation that you found? Oh, sure. I love sharing misinformation. It's so rampant and you'll all, everyone listening will know it. So one is time heals all wounds. Wounds. <laughs> right. right. We all know, we've all heard that. And so often when someone is experiencing a loss, and we can talk more about what losses are, it's not just death, but uh, when someone's going through a difficult time and grieving, friends will often say, as a response when they're saying that they're having a hard time, well, time heals all wounds. And the truth is that time by itself does not heal the wound of grief. So uh, what I say is think about a wound on your skin. If you were not to clean it and not to care for it properly and you didn't know how to help it along in its healing, what may happen? Oh, it's going to get infected, right? Exactly. And that's the same with grief. Grief is a wound. And if we're saying the wrong things and our friends are saying the wrong things to us, it actually can get worse with time. So there are specific kind of action steps that we need to take. So that's one. Another one is keep busy. Who hasn't heard that and who doesn't say, you know, you hear people saying, oh, I'm keeping busy. Right. So that they're not thinking about it, right? Right. And, you know, what I want to talk about since your podcast is Rock Your Retirement, 
what grief is, if we may, because and how it relates to retirement. Because it's not just about that. Right. Because so, yeah, you might have grief of losing your job, you know, or re- exactly. even, even if it was your own decision to lose it, it's still a loss, right? You got it. You got it. And so often when someone is, uh, someone retires or sometimes they're forced to retire, sometimes they chose to retire. But grief is the normal and natural response to loss according to the Grief Recovery Institute, where I was trained in helping people through. And so when you think of like a normal response to loss, you know, retiring is a loss. Like all of a sudden, how many ways does your life change if you'd been going to it, like waking up every day at seven, getting dressed, driving to this job, all of a sudden that's gone. A lot of grief can happen And what happens is people saying keep busy, that doesn't help us process the fact that our life has changed in so many ways. It just kind of blocks, tries to stuff the pain down, but it doesn't help us recover so that we can start to enjoy our retirement. Right, right. And we do go through different losses as we move through life, right? I mean, you were young when you lost your husband, and I'm so sorry to hear about that. Isn't pancreatic cancer one of the most difficult cancers to go through? Well, it's one of the deadliest. So the survival rate is one of the poorest of the cancers. So we were told as soon as he was diagnosed, they did tell us that he had a probably only four to six months to live, and that he had a 5% chance of living two years. Wow. So he beat those odds. Did you start your grief process when they first told you, or were you so busy trying to manage life? You have children, right? I do, right. I had three children. Yeah. They were nine, uh, nine and 11 when he was diagnosed. That's a great question. Did I start my grieving when he was diagnosed? And I didn't know much about grief, so I certainly did. I mean, um, someone being diagnosed, actually, this is another grief, is that I have a number of clients who are in their 60s or early 70s, and so one spouse may be diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's, or one spouse may end up having a chronic or terminal illness, and We start grieving as soon as that happens because it's a loss. The relationship will change. You know, the relationship changes how you related to each other and just the roles that you played, that possibly you have to pick up new roles if your spouse is dealing with a health condition. And so, yes, we do start to grieve as soon as we hear of the loss. And then you're also grieving the loss of what your marriage was. Before sickness entered, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have a client or she's not a client. She's actually a friend. Not that my clients aren't friends. They are. But um, I have a friend who is not a client (laughs) (laughs) and I met her through my work and she was telling me how her husband had cancer and he is still, he's still living, but he never got over sort of the anger of having it and they wound up losing their marriage over it. And I think she's still grieving that loss. Oh, certainly. Yes. Well, well, divorce is another one. And it's what's so 
difficult with that is that often friends will say, I have a couple of friends going through a divorce and they'll call me and they'll say, oh, you're the one person that won't say to me, well, he was a jerk anyway, or, you know, he wasn't whatever, you know, you weren't happy in that marriage. It doesn't matter. You know, we have to grieve even relationships that weren't working because they were familiar and there were good parts and grief is about a personal relationship. You know, it was about, it's about a relationship to your work or it's about a relationship with a spouse or a child or a parent um, or even a home. You know, when we downsized to a smaller home, that happened for us. After my husband died, we had a large home and so I moved my family, my children and me to a smaller home. And so many people said, oh, the house is better. You know, it, it's more manageable for you. But I needed to grieve all that had happened in that home where we had raised our children for 11 years and where we had had many holidays and had you know, different parties. And, and all of that needs to be grieved. And I, I really get so bothered by senior centers that don't recognize all the ways that people, as they're getting older, need to grieve so that once they grieve, they are able to go on and embrace the next stage of their life. Right. Now, a lot of this is internal, right? It's you, you working through some things. Because when people say things to you, they're not trying to be mean. They're, exactly. They're trying to be helpful. But like you said, a lot of the words just fall empty. So what do you do? You just say, oh, thank you and, and go on? I mean, what, what do you do when well, somebody says I, something? Yeah, it's tricky because what happens is our friends do mean well. But when we're hurting... When they say things that don't help, it causes us to isolate more and to pull away more. And right when we need our friends and extended family, when they say things that don't feel good, we tend to pull away. And we pretend, we start acting. So after my husband died and people were saying things to me a year later, like, you're so strong that actually didn't feel good because I knew I was falling apart. I was home crying, but when I'd walk outside, they thought saying I was strong would feel good. It made me feel like I had to act recovered when I really wasn't. And so I'm so passionate about giving talks and really educating our culture about how to walk with people through loss because we need each other. You know, connection is how we thrive. We need to connect with other humans. I always say we're not turtles. You know, we don't come out of our parents. We don't break out of our egg and never have to see another turtle. We need humans. We need humans to survive. And so it's important that we are honest. It's so tricky, though, because when we're feeling a loss and grieving, it's hard to say to someone that doesn't feel good. So what I tell friends if, is to, I also got this from the Grief Recovery Institute, is think about being a heart with ears. No mouth. That be there to listen about their experience of leaving their job. What was it like for you to leave, to stop working after all these years? And then listen without trying to fix it and saying, well, you have your retirement. It's going to be great. Just let them talk about their experience. 
That's great advice for friends of people who are going through grief, you know, because we don't know what to say to people. I, you know, I, yeah. I don't know what to say to somebody when they've lost something or someone that they loved. Right. And that's so honest. And, and that is really true. And I say that even though I guide people through grief, I don't have the perfect words because each person's experience is so unique. So I had a client yesterday that I just loved. She said, she said, you know, walking with a friend through grief is like, is an art form. Like you have to be open to how that is created because if your mother has died and my mother has died, it doesn't mean that I know how you're feeling because your relationship, grief is about a personal relationship and your relationship with your mother was very different than my relationship with my mother. And therefore my grief is different than your grief. It looks different than your grief. And so the best thing I can do is come to you with non-judgmental curiosity and say, Kathy, can you tell, I know I was in a lot of pain when my mother died. What is it, what's your experience with your mother's death? And that opens up connection. I'm not trying to fix it for you. I just want to connect and hear what it's like for you. And allowing you to talk about it that will help you to move through your grief, to have a place to talk about it without me telling you what to do and trying to fix your pain. That's great advice. Thank you. For people who know somebody who's going through grief, that is wonderful advice. Um, we're talking with Natalia Voles, and after the break, we're going to talk about some specific things that you can do when you're going through grief that can help you get through it. Are your plastic containers multiplying behind closed doors? Hi, my name is Lisa Woodruff, and I am a professional organizer and productivity expert. Okay, what's going on behind those closed doors with all of those plastic containers? I want you to get them all out and put them on your kitchen counter or your kitchen table. All of them, every single one. And then match the tops and the bottoms. If you don't have a top, get rid of the bottom. And if you have a top with no bottom, get rid of the top. Then when you look at what you have left, I want you to think about, really, how many plastic containers do you need? How often do you use really reusable plastic containers? Get down to a very small amount that you keep in your cabinet. Because as you and I know, they're going to multiply in there anyway. Anything you don't need, go ahead and donate and then find out how little you can live on. Check out the Organized 365 podcast for more on how to get organized as you rock your retirement. Welcome back to Rock Your Retirement. We're talking with Natalia Voles, and she is the founder of Passing Through Grief and the Relief Process, and she's going to tell us how we can help ourselves get through the grief process. Natalia, welcome back. Thank you. So you have a guide that helps people through their grief. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Sure. So as I said, there's a lot of misinformation, and we think that time alone will help us move through grief. But I learned through my experience that time can go. I've actually worked with clients who have come to me 10, 20, even one who was 40 years after the loss that was still 
feeling the effects of the loss and wow. was so grieving. Time and that did is not, not uncommon. Uh, 40 years? Yeah, it is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. We end up just thinking that life, you'll hear if someone has lost a child especially, we'll say that you will never recover from that. And for many losses, we do accept that we just will never feel fully alive again. You know, we will never be, just have that, what, joie de vivre of life or something that mm-hmm. we'll just have a, that we feel a heaviness. And that exhaustion and heaviness that we can feel for so many, it's often that they never recovered from earlier losses. So when I work with clients, I have them look at losses from all through their life. And they're amazed at how tears, I was working, um, running a group right now, and there was a gentleman, and I said, tell me about an early loss. And he said, um, you know, the first big loss I remember is my high school girlfriend breaking up with me, mm. and I was in love with her. And he got tears in his eyes. And what I knew, yeah. yes. It was like it was yesterday, and I have that all the time, that clients, will it will bring them right back. And if you still feel emotional and sad and can cry over a loss from years ago very easily, if it brings sadness, then you haven't recovered from the grief. Mm. So your question, I'm sorry, we got off on it. I know, there. but it's so true what you're <laughs> saying. I mean, this is all really important for my listeners. Um, so what did you tell them? I mean, how did he work through? Because he came to see you over something else. And right. then he started talking about his, his girlfriend from high school. What what happened? Right. So what we really need, and this is where friends can help, and this is really helpful for anyone who's grieving, is we do need to talk about it. So what happens is after a loss, our, which could be death, it could be divorce, it could be a job loss, a move, any, any loss, our brain starts to go over what happened and tries to figure out what was unfinished in that relationship. And so our brain, have you ever known someone who keeps telling you the story again and again and again, but they don't seem to move (laughs) past it? Yes. Everybody knows those people. (laughs) Um, And those are people that are trying to work through the grief, but they don't have all the tools. And so there's a couple things that we have to do. We do need a place to talk about it, but not to intellectualize and try to rationalize the loss, but instead to talk about the feelings associated with the loss. And this is so uncomfortable for Western culture. We really don't like to talk about our feelings, but that is where the healing happens is, that's why I say be a heart with ears, not a brain with ears, because We need to listen from our heart and we need to ask feeling questions. So when you are grieving, if you don't have a friend, one of the steps in my book is to write, is to journal about it. And not, you can write about what happened, but more write about how you feel about what happened. So getting to, I felt so angry and I felt so um, lost or confused. So I'll ask you another question, Kathy. When we go to a funeral, what do people usually say to the griever when they walk through the line? I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss. And then 
what do they say to try to help the person to feel better? Sometimes they'll say he's, I don't know about the person who's died going to he's be missed. In, he's, Oh, he's in heaven or he's in a better place. He's in a better place. Right. right. Um, he was such a wonderful husband or wife. You should be so glad you had so many years together. And they think that that will help the person feel better. But what they don't know is that the griever is, is sifting through the entire relationship. And there's sometimes, there's often guilt about maybe they didn't say, I love you enough. They feel like they didn't say, I love you enough. Natalia, you know, I just spoke to somebody. I'm going to interrupt you for a second because you might be able to help some of my listeners here. So I just went and spoke with a friend and she lost her husband about, I don't know, a year, about a year ago. And I went to see how she was doing. And she told me that she felt so guilty because he had cancer or no, 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 he had a heart condition. He had something and they knew that he was going to pass away. And she said she felt so guilty because she was so short with him and she wished that she could, um, you know, that she wouldn't have been so short with him that she would have been more patient. And I didn't know what to say. So I said, you know, he knew how you really felt. He knew that you loved him. And I don't know if that was the right thing to say or not. I will tell you what to say. Please tell me what to say. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I call your friend and commend her for being honest with you because that is how she's going to heal. Most people, I was a um, bereavement counselor at a hospice for a few years as I was learning and just building my business. And so I would call people within the first month after their loss, and inevitably, there would be guilt, something that they, do you think I could have done more? You know, I, I, wasn't, I didn't visit her enough, or I'm afraid that the medicine, you know, she was in pain in the end, or um, we had a fight and I never got to say, I'm sorry. There's so much guilt, and we need a place to say that. And then for the friends who are listening, don't try to fix it. Like the fact that she was able to say that to you, the answer would be, I, I can imagine that must really be painful to have that feeling that you could have done something, that you wish you had done something different. And let them talk about it. The big thing is that we try to fix it and we can't. We can't fix people's pain except for by listening and by saying, I get it. Like to say to her, I get it. I wish I would have spoken to you before we had that talk. Let me tell you. <laughs> you I mean, that is such great advice. I wish I would have known. I had no idea. Yeah, we don't. And we think that like what we do is we talk to the head. And so we say, he knows you loved him. Well, then she, she's not sure. So what, and then she doesn't have a place to go, I don't know that. And so when we just say, wow, thanks for sharing that. I can't imagine what it's like to lose a husband and have a feeling of guilt. Can you tell me more about that? And as she tells you more, that is where she heals. That's really excellent advice. Thank you. 
Thank you. So that's what we can do on the outside. What can we do if we're the ones experiencing grief? What should what should we do in that case? Okay. Well, there's a number of things you can do. One is see if there's one person, one friend that you know. Like it sounds like you really care about that friend because you checked in a year later, which is really wonderful to check in a year later and say, how are you doing? It's been a year. But see, who is that one person that you know cares about you? And maybe they don't know how to do it exactly right, but they want to do it right and they care about you. So you can work with them. And you say, can I tell you how I'm feeling? And you don't need to say anything. I just need to talk. So that's one thing is to find one person that you can be totally honest with. And the other important part that I didn't know, because I tried to grieve alone. I thought that if I read enough books on it and I cried by myself that I could move through my grief. But what I learned is that we need to connect with others to move through grief. Another thing we need to do is we need to both say it out loud or write it on paper while we feel the emotions attached to it. So if that makes sense, you know, if you don't have a friend to talk to, you get a journal. And each morning you wake up and you just write for 15 minutes maybe just how you feel. I feel so scared. I feel so confused. I feel, and as you write the feelings, if emotions come up with it, allow the emotions to flow. And that helps it to move up and out of us. So that's one thing. If you can find a friend to walk with you, that's fantastic. If you can, um, then if not, then write in a journal. Or even both. Uh, Or both. Yes, exactly. And then, well, I have, I think you're going to be giving away the guidebook, which gives you some ways to get some relief from grief. But grief causes a lot of energy in your body. Grief is one of the most intense emotions you'll experience. I was blown away by the feelings of grief. And we need to move that energy kind of through our body. Like we'll tend to try to stuff it down because we were taught, you know, when we were younger, if if we were crying, sometimes a parent may say, you want to cry? I'll give you something to cry about. There we go. That's invalidating our feelings. It's saying, what you're crying about is not worth crying about. I'll give you something that's really worth crying about. Well, that tells us that our feelings aren't valid. And so then when we have a big loss, we try to stuff our feelings because we were all told, you know, you're crying. My my mother, grandmother used to say, you know, think of the kids in Ethiopia. And so it invalidates our feelings. And then when we have a big loss, we've learned to invalidate our feelings. And so when you're moving through this, if you really want to move through grief, you need to start saying, these are my feelings. I'm going to have them. And in me expressing them, they're a part of me. They can then move up and out of me. So what do you, what do, you do with it? I mean, you said that you have a lot of energy. Do you just sit there and think about it or do you get moving to get that energy out of you or what do you do? Yeah. So sitting and thinking about it does not move it through. In fact, it will play over in our head when we just have it as thought, it plays over again and again because we're trying to solve it, but it's not solvable. Like we can't bring the person back. We can't bring the job back or the house back. 
So just thinking about it will not move us through. We need to have the feelings. We need to talk about them. And if we're just feeling a lot of energy, like in the guidebook, it's saying move your body. Walking is really good for grief. I really got into walking. Um, walking in nature is wonderful for grief. It just kind of moves, lets it drain out of us a little bit. It will come back, I mean, but it will be less intense. So getting outside, walking with a friend is a great thing to do. Listening to music that helps you to have your feelings. So sometimes like there's some great classical music that, or you know, there's even country music. There's some music that will just can make you cry. Right, country that, music. I lost my dog, yeah. my truck, everything's horrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's really good. I had a playlist that would just make me cry and it seems insane, but I had so many tears in me. And what I learned is that the tears that we cry when we are sad have a stress hormone in them. And it actually releases some stress when we cry, when we cry, when we're sad. The tears, like if you have wind blowing your eyes, they have a different makeup, a different chemical makeup than the tears when we cry. The tears when we cry are heavier and they release stress. So what I say to people, like to clients is I'll say, one, you can't cry forever. Like people will often say, I'm afraid I'll never stop. And I say, I've never seen that happen. In fact, usually in about 15 minutes, you end up just going like, ah, like after you let it go, you just feel exhausted and you can rest and relax. And that's because you've actually released some of the stress through your tears. I had no idea, but I do remember when I was younger, because um, you know, when you're a teenager, you, you've got a lot of stress built up. And when I would just cry, I would feel yeah. so much better afterwards. So Exactly. Yeah, and then we stopped back. doing that. But crying, I've become such an advocate of crying. It releases the stress and you feel so much more relaxed after you do it when we hold it in. Can I cry on an airplane when there's children crying around me and it stresses me out? Will that help? (laughs) (laughs) Just get the whole plane crying with you. That's right. Stress will go right out the window. Exactly. It'll get rid of all our stress. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you talk about it, you write about it, you walk, listen to music, cry, anything else that we should know about? I take people through a process that's the relief process so that they feel like actually recover from the grief completely and feel better. Um, And so I'm trying to think of like some of the other steps that people really like the writing, like writing. The important thing when you're moving through grief is not to just focus on what was good. So one place I was going when I was talking about the funeral is that people will often say things like, well, you had her for so long. You should be happy that your mother lived till she was 90. You know, you had her that long. Or um, you had such a wonderful marriage. You're fortunate with all the divorce that you had such a good marriage. Well, that's okay, but that doesn't help the person feel better. So if you want to heal your grief, You need to look at the, I say you have to be totally honest about everything that happened in the relationship. So what you can write about is the good, the bad, and the ugly. So you need to 
look at what was great about the relationship and what wasn't so great about the relationship. Because we talked about the guilt and the shame. Right. And when people will only focus on, I've had people corner me when they find out what I'm doing, what I do for a living. And they'll say, you know, at the funeral, everybody was telling me my mother was so giving to them and she was the most amazing woman. I should be so grateful to have her for a mother. Well, she wasn't there for me. She was so busy caring for everyone else. And there's no place for them to say that. And that's where we get stuck in grief. So, you know, with jobs, like with retirement, you know, you rock the retirement. To rock your retirement, you need to take a healthy, honest look at what work meant to you. You know what? Sometimes people will feel um, disappointed that maybe their job never lived up to what they wanted it to be. Maybe they never really fulfilled the purpose that they had hoped to in their work. And then everyone's saying to them, you know, oh, you're so lucky you're retired. Have fun. And a piece of them is feeling lost and empty and confused. And there needs to be a place to say that, to have that validated. Right. You're absolutely right. You know, we we try to prepare people for retirement before they do it, you know, with um, activities that they can do and steps that they can take so that they're mentally more prepared. But yeah, any kind of a any kind of a job change when you've been doing something for a long period of time and then you retire, that's that's going to create some stress and some loss. And I'm so glad that you're here um, helping my listeners. I, I'm actually going to save this episode. And when I have somebody who, who is passing through a loss, I'm going to send them the link so that they can hear it. And I, can I make one comment of something you just said also? I'm sure. sorry, I'm so passionate about no, this subject please. because I think it's so misunderstood. You were saying that, that you try to help people mentally prepare. And I think there's mental preparation, but there's also the emotional preparation. And that's like where I fell short, that when I knew my husband was di- when he was diagnosed with cancer and we were told he was going to die, I tried to mentally prepare. So I tried to plan, like we met with financial advisors and we you know, made sure our will was in place and we did all sorts of things to make sure that I would be okay. And then you'd think I would be fine, right? But emotionally, I was not prepared for the emotions that came with it and how heartbroken. So with grief, you have to mend your broken heart. So when your job ends, you have to mend the part of your heart that broke before you can mentally prepare. Right. And how do you, I mean, are we ever really emotionally prepared for a loss? I I don't know that someone can emotionally prepare. And that's why I like the fact that you're helping us after the fact, you know, get through it, if that makes any sense, Natalia. So I've been on the line with Natalia Voles, and we were talking about grief. We were wrapping up the episode. Um, Natalia is a grief counselor, and she is the founder of Passing Through Grief and the Relief Process. She does have an ebook called Passing Through Grief, and I will have the link in the show notes. 
And you can also go to her website, which is passingthroughgrief.com. And you can email her through the website. So her telephone number is 877-606-0909. And she has actually given us this great freebie called Five Quick and Easy Action Steps to Get Relief from Grief. And you can get that freebie by going to rockyourretirement.com slash relief, R-E-L-I-E-F. So if I'm able to get Natalia back to say goodbye, I will. But otherwise, I will see you next week on Rock Your Retirement. Thanks for listening to the Rock Your Retirement show. If you are rocking your retirement or know someone who would make a great guest on our show, please send us an email at podcast at rockyourretirement.com. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com. And we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app, 
and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.